Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is that wonderful time of week where you cuddle up next to the fire and you turn up the volume on your podcast playing device to listen to Game Dev Unchained, the number one podcast for video game development and the lifestyle thereof. And I came this week with the person who has the best recipe for the corner of the street lemonade, Mr. Brandon. What's up, everybody? Thank you, Larry, for tasting my lemonade. Please welcome <laughs> our special guest this week, Joshua Boggs. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thank welcome, you. Welcome. Um, thank you. Nice to be here. I, I want some of the lemonade. <laughs> I'll give you some after. Uh, it's, the, it's the best recipe, man. <laughs> so, Josh, oh. uh, thank you so much. Uh, I found Josh by reading one of your articles, uh, grappling to the dark sides of the industry. And, uh, mm. of course, we'll link it in, in the description. But better yet, before we get into that, uh, do you mind going over your resume? Kind of give us a little background of where you come from. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, worked at EA um, for a number of years uh, in Australia, um, and then maybe uh, probably about four, almost yeah, about four and a half years ago, um, I left there with uh, some friends from EA, and we started our own studio called uh, Love Shack. Um, and since then, we've made uh, the game Framed, which is like a comic puzzle game where you rearrange panels and it changes what happens in the story and everything um so that's that's my main resume a bit of it's like half triple a half indie i guess i think that's the best kind of resume though that, yes. that shows that you've done top and <laughs> bottom been, yeah, yeah you've been on both sides of the fence so yes. you can just sit on it for the rest of your life you don't need to like take sides anymore yes for sure yeah uh, i'll Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> the first thing that caught my eye is that framed, or right, critically acclaimed, wildly successful, mm-hmm. caught the eye of Hideo Kojima. Right? Yeah. He, he named it as one of his best games in 2014, and Hideo Kojima is my best director. So that's like well, by association. You're no, he, 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 <laughs> I, I indirectly admire yeah. your work. <laughs> but oh, framed, uh, wow. Frame as well is like one of the best looking games I remember uh, when it was coming out and being announced. So was it a concept that uh, you had before you rage quit or was something in development after? Uh, Legally, it was something I had afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, no. But uh, it it came from the idea of like... um, you know, like like a lot of games, uh, you know, whether it's a third person game or or just, just most games in general, you're sort of moving through an environment and you have like a set number of actions, um, and and you know they, they sort of form the basis of your mechanics, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of wanted to flip that on its head instead and have like this finite environment um, and these actions that could always change. Um, so that's kind of where like the base idea came from and then sure. it didn't really go anywhere for a while. And then, uh, I was reading, uh, Scott McLeod's understanding comics. 
Oh, that's a really good book. Um, so good. It's not even about yeah. comics. Well, it is, but yeah. like, it's so applicable to everything else here. Um, but yeah, what is I got like three pages in, and uh, and then like, you know, when you just have that like brainwave of an idea, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that, that was pretty much framed right then and there. Nice. Is uh, Scott McCloud in the credits of your game? Should be. <laughs> now, now, now I think about it, I think I need to add him in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So the development of this idea, uh, did you come out with it on your own and then you started recruiting or was it more like those lunch breaks? (laughs) (laughs) You mean lunch breaks at his house? Yes, at your house, yeah. Um, So it it was, uh, like like most ideas, like it it started off – you know, with the kind of core core part, and then it was with collaborating with the rest of the team. So, um, uh, the artist uh, Ollie Ollie Brown and Adrian Moore, who does all of the music, and um, Stuart Lawyer does all the animation in the game. Um, it was just kind of like a natural exploration process mm-hmm. of of the uh, idea and like like what and and like a lot of playtesting as well. Um, yeah because like like the first version of the game is like really slow and really dark like like dark and tone colors and like you know there's like murder and it's just it's just unplayable because it's just like no words as well and it's just it's just a mess um and then once we started like stripping all that out um you know we 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 got down to like the core of what the game was telling us it wanted to be So after your first attempt, right, where you have this, that initial aha moment from reading the Scott McCloud book to getting your first playable version done, how close do you say you guys were to the goal versus like, oh shit, like, okay, this whole half needs to get cut and we need to redo all of this. Well, well, luckily, I mean, in terms of, uh, so, so in terms of like the amount of work we put into it, uh, it it wasn't that much because we, uh, for the for the first builds, we were only trying to do like five or six levels, mm-hmm. um, or five or six scenes. Uh, so we, we pretty quickly worked out what didn't didn't work. Mm. But um, tonally and thematically, like we were way off base initially, um, and it, and it just sort of uh, you know was was a process of exploring it and like listening to the game and like working out what the game is trying to tell us um, by playing it and figuring out what's wrong with it. I, I love that little uh, that that phrase you just ter- dropped on us. Listening to the game—that's uh, yeah. that's some sixth sense shit right there. For <laughs> Environment artists, engineers—you guys don't have that. Only designers have that. <laughs> yes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The game is <laughs> shitty. <laughs> that's what the artists are saying. <laughs> yeah, this is being like crap. <laughs> but but it's, it's the same. It's the same with a lot of art, right? Like, I mean, filmmakers yeah. as well, and um, you know. Uh, musicians artists as well like you know when you're experiencing what it is mm-hmm. and something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. it's it's the art itself speaking to you you know saying something's not right and you have to work out what it is and why and yeah it's a bit like playing doctor i guess yeah, that's that's a great analogy though i yeah. like that so this prototyping phase how long was that exactly before you got your um I think uh, it was about somewhere between three to six months. 
Um, so about three months of it was exploration, and then the last three was we were pretty sure it was right. right. And then once we we showed it to other people, um, I think it was during PAX Australia. It was the first PAX in Australia, and um, that like the amount of people that really loved it, and like you know Jerry, um, you know Jerry Hawkins from PAX, like was raving about it during everything, and we got right up some on Penny Arcade and like that was when we realized like, yeah, this is like the direction it needs to go. And like, this is why everyone likes it. Like it's, um, it's hitting the right notes. Did you have initial funding or was it more like you guys gathering what you guys have and give it a shot for six months for, for pack? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the very beginning, um, we applied for funding and we got like a little bit, like not as much as we asked for, but that helped us sort of, um, you know, get get enough of it going so that, you know, we could apply a few more times and, and get a lot of other little small grants. Um, we were really lucky because at that time, um, you know, because like the whole GFC um, in 2009, right, um, all the big studios in Australia, well, not all, but like 90% of them all shut down mm-hmm. um, because like no work was coming in from the States and everywhere else. So that left a lot of people uh, starting their own companies. And then like the government jumped in and was like, here's, you know, like grants for starting things. And you know, they're still really competitive, but um, it certainly helped a lot of people get up, up off the ground. Can you describe what it was like? And this is a question I actually want to know because I might have some personal vested interest in this, but <laughs> Developing your ideas before any funding versus developing your ideas after that first initial bit of funding came through. Can you describe which experience it was like, oh, yes. You know, like I'm I'm hoping that yeah. getting a little bit of seed money is like it, it gives you validation. It gives you support. It gives you comfort because you have some way to pay bills. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about that? Um, yeah, I, it's just, just as you describe, um, it, it does pay your bills. Um, it certainly makes everything seem, uh, a lot more real. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a part of that is, uh, it makes you suddenly very accountable. And I think like, it's, it's the same, like whether you're working in a big studio or a small studio, like I think making someone accountable for their work is the best thing you can do for them like it like it will make their work much better um so i think that was like really good for us because it suddenly made us all really accountable because if we don't deliver like there's all this money that we've wasted and you know the anxiety that goes with that Um, does does that accountability also bring any sort of added pressure or are you like as a professional, like, you know what? Yes, I do acknowledge that this is not my money, but I'm faithful to this product. I can listen to the game. I'm not worried. Where do you think you lie on that? Um, I think, yeah, I think I had a lot of faith in the project by that point, like by the time money finally arrived gotcha. um, versus like when it was confirmed that we would get it. Because uh, I think there's about three months in between then as well. Like I think I think pressure can be good yeah. a lot of the time too. Um, so it was the right kind of pressure, like because because you know as you said it was combined with like validation and people being like excited for you know this new thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was the right kind of pressure in you know very different to like crunch time pressure, which yeah. is you know as is from what you both have said what you've been through um, is. I'm sure you can relate. That's, that's very difficult pressure. 
And now uh, one last one for me before, uh, you know, we kind of open the floor up a little bit more conversationally. I want to ask about, you did describe, you said in our game, we had a very finite environment with Mm. a lot of choices and a lot of options. Mm. Does an approach like that make it harder for you to call your game done, right? Because I would imagine you're always like, oh, and then we can do this. We can do this. You know, where did you feel like you draw the line and how easy was it to do so? Um, yeah, it, it was quite hard. Uh, I think from a lack of experience, uh, for us in running a studio, like a mm. business, um, like, so for framed, like, I mean, it, it, it did well, um, you know, critically and commercially. Um, but like, you know, we, we, we had run out of money by the time we were done. Um, and we were just like trying to piece, piece, like these bits that, weren't quite fitting together together as best as we could in yeah. like this very tight deadline. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a mess and we we're making sure we're not doing it that way this time, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah so, I mean, uh, going for the prototyping phase when you said four to six months, you got your funding. Did you guys had a, how far off the mark was your original estimate for the project? <laughs> the actual project being delivered. It's only going to take like two oh, months. Man. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. Oh, man. I, I vaguely remember us estimating. Uh, so, like, for some reason, there's a dollar value that I remember because I think I had to write it down so many times for initial funding applications. Um, and we were like, oh, 190000 uh, dollars sounds, um, you know, f- for like a, f- uh, four to eight team, you know, you know, team of four to eight over a year or so, mm-hmm. um, that should work out. Um, but you know, that, that obviously wasn't enough. Um, and we did require more funding. Um, but okay. Uh, I think initially we were like, the game will take 12 months to make or something um and it was like double that at least i think two two and a half yeah that's like the first thing i hear from most indie groups it's like one year we can do this in one year yeah do it in one year i mean if, if you did everything perfectly yeah theory, yeah you could but yeah yeah i was gonna it, say that that's exploring. like that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah, exactly this prototype, this idea that is written in this game design document will take one year. But within yep. that time frame, <laughs> things can go wrong. Things can change. People may come. People may go. Yep. You know, there's so many uh, intangibles that you have to build into your 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 buffer, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it was about two and a half times longer than we originally estimated and if you can elaborate or if you don't want to that's fine was there one big thing that kind of showed up in the development process where you're like oh shit we may not be able to recover from this uh was there a big intangible you had to deal with yeah i mean i think i think story-wise we were um we had a few different versions going at once Mm -hmm. um because i remember um for, for for me personally, like I had an idea for a cool twist, um, but also like a few other versions of what could happen. And I was more interested in like how you could tell a story uh, versus like what it was. 
Um, so it was kind of like this, like morbid curiosity into like, how could you tell a story without words and, mm-hmm. you know, movable panels and everything. Um, and it turns out that that's really, really, really hard. Um, especially when you're wanting to keep the game fun and engaging. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we tried a few versions, um, none of them we were really feeling and then we got help on board. Um, and then, you know, that, that too didn't work out too well either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think it's just like a case of the project itself. Like, like it takes a long time to get used to the idea of, of what it is and how to communicate certain things. Um, so yeah, for, for us, like the, the narrative at the end was like scraping together, like heaps of pieces and just trying to like f- fix as much of it as we could. Nice. <clears throat> So what I want to know now is let's talk about something good uh, instead of problems. <laughs> let's, let's let people know that there's the, a silver lining. Um, what was probably the best thing about this project uh, in your opinion? Like the one thing or the one kernel from the experience where you're like, yeah, man, um, this is it for me. I'm so happy. This is why it exists. Oh, um, so during during production, like, or just like, like, like there's the, a point the where you, whole outcome at like, because you made this X happened and that X is so important or so valuable to you. It was life changing. Yeah. I think, um, I think for that would definitely be, you know, not, not, not including like kind of your aha moments of production, mm-hmm. um, would be, uh, like, you know, Kojima that was, um, pretty much yeah. like, made like it made kind of all the suffering worth it almost um particularly because like i wanted after playing his games as like an adolescent like Mm. that was the point where i was like i want to make games when i get older Mm. and then to kind of have that uh like full circleness of your career sort of thing like Mm -hmm. yeah it, it certainly made me less uh like during development i i was really seeking for some sort of approval with like awards and everything all the time um and that certainly distinguished or or helps distinguish that yeah um but yeah like i mean that i i think how obsessed i was um over that validation during development certainly hampered uh you know like mental health and um expectations for the game and like making it longer than it needs to be and all that sort of stuff yeah that's i mean that's that's really serious stuff man because let's be real and let's be adults here there's a lot of people in the game industry who are working very very hard who are getting credit pats on the back or getting acknowledgement or even just appreciation like simple appreciation Mm. for their efforts they're getting taken advantage of they're getting mistreated you know um, that's kind of why we're starting this podcast because we want to shine light on situations that people don't want to talk about or are afraid to take a stand on. And yeah. I think mental health in the game industry is a, a very important issue. You know, I myself have personal experiences where I like wake up and it's like, man, I don't even want to be here. And he yeah. being like, <laughs> you know, like not even like, work, but yeah. just <laughs> at yeah. 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 <laughs> Larry, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's tough out here man it really is it's uh it's it's a fun place to be when it's fun but it's work just like any other job and it's very taxing at times because 
a lot of us have a personal connection to what we're doing. You know, like, it's not like I'm doing your taxes. You just show up and I could care less. I'm doing your numbers. Hey, you saved two grand this year. See you next year. Like there's an attachment to something that you put your blood, sweat and tears into creating. And I mean, it's hard to say that people, you know, aren't going to get burnt out or overwork themselves because they really believe in what they're trying to do. And it means something to them when somebody says something good or bad about their project, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, ultimately, right. That's because, uh, all, all forms of, of art, right. I just, mm-hmm. some form of, uh, ultimately like communication, like, yeah. like a lot of people would say expression, but expression as well is just like a form of trying to communicate something to other people like like without other people it doesn't mean anything right um so yeah you know if (laughs) ultimately doesn't everything people make require you know the validation or you know uh not necessarily validation but like uh, ingestion of that from other people. Um, and, and yeah, when you don't get it at all, like it's really bad. And if, and if you get too much of one, it skews your expectations and reality. Yeah. So I, I, so I will say I did see uh, your GDC talk, uh, Mm. about, you know, grappling with depression in the game industry and man, it's, it's a ride is what I'll say. You know? It's like the whole time I'm like, yeah, he's going to talk about how awesome this game was, but you see the title. So you're like expecting the rug to be pulled out from under you. And that happens like within 30 seconds. And so <laughs> you're, you're going through this, like you're really being brought down to earth as far as like quote unquote living the dream or what it really takes to, to produce a passion project, especially when you're dealing with something, you know? Mm. Um, but I want to fast forward to a specific moment in the talk that I really admired. He said, you're at EA and uh, a guy that was, I guess, quitting uh, had like walked past mm-hmm. you as he was leaving. And you're like, hey, well, you know, why are you why are you quitting the dream? Or wow, this is, you're living the dream. Why leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget how you said it. And his response was actually very poignant to me, even as a viewer from your secondhand experience or from secondhand experience of your firsthand recount yeah, was him yeah. saying, I want to go and build a life that's fulfilling because this isn't a dream. If it's a dream, your dream is too narrow. If, yeah, yeah. Or, or if you're living the dream, your dream is too narrow. And if it is a dream, that means it's so big and so vast that it's going to be an impossibility. So he said, I would rather spend my time building a life that's fruitful and meaningful. Or correct me if I'm wrong, but I, that's kind of what I took from it. And that was profound. Yeah, yeah. It was It was very much, um, I'm trying to remember the exact words, but it was essentially... Um, that living the dream well, like like while while that can be nice it is just a dream mm-hmm. like at some point we need to wake up right and you know dream dreams kind of exist to enrich our lives but if it's not doing that then you know it's time it's time to wake up yeah. that, that sort of thing but yes um I, I think i think i elaborate a lot more and i think i said it the way that you said yeah um yeah. but yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> that I, I think I think everyone has stories like that of people who've been in the industry for ages, you know, like particularly at like AAA studios, and you know, they're asking like these veterans that leave, and you're like, why are you leaving? Like, isn't this like the best thing? And they're like, eh. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it, it, I, I guess that's just part of getting older. Maybe like yeah. your your priorities change. I think the developers in the game industry age in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of crunch 
that we put in. I mean, other industries have deal with these type of issues too. Not to say like yeah. the game industry is uh, special or anything, but uh, I think it's heavier because we're such in a creative space where we're making games. So games should be fun. Yeah. To make. Like you should be lucky that you're not pushing numbers around or, or just, you know, doing other mundane things. But, you know, I, I think the expectations that we set up for ourselves is probably why we fall so much faster, yeah. deeper. And I think a lot of the times it's so much easier for developers to kind of be crawling in the corner and do a good job, but no one has checked up on you or yeah. asked about you. Like it's, it's so easy to get isolated in here and uh, literally live on the internet as an indie developer. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> No one would even come into your home and check up on you. So it's very yeah. easy to to be in that mental state. I like personally, I went through a period once where I would pretty much not talk to anyone for a while, like yeah. mostly internal thoughts. And I can understand how uh, Tom Hanks would be <laughs> speaking out to Wilson, right? Because if you don't yeah, talk yeah. to anyone, you really will get kind of crazy uh yeah just Dude, we see that on the streets of la every day <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's um yeah i i i wonder like if it's something to do with the fact that it is a creative pursuit and also the fact that like like games games especially i mean film too and and a lot of other things but like the turnaround time between putting what's in your mind like that like that inspiration on to some into something tangible is so long like it's longer than taking out a camera and filming something like it's longer than just sketching something it's longer than just like you know trying a new riff on on you know guitar or piano chords or whatever like it is so long um that it requires like significantly more technical labor i guess Mm -hmm. um which means like I guess I guess maybe that kind of like overworks us because like we're like all creative endeavors invest like you're putting yourself into it right so you're invested in it um, but yeah like like yeah I have I have been thinking about like what what is it about games that seems to find you know seems to have so many people that have similar experiences but then again maybe that's just like a bias because we're all we're technically in. able and on the internet and everything yeah. I mean, one thing's for sure, the burnout rate in the game industry is faster than other industries. Like, I don't know any of mm. my other friends who don't work in video games that talks about, like, 10 years and I'm out. Even if it's yeah. a stable job, it's like, what are you talking about? Where yeah. are you going? <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Oh. 10 years, you're, like, just now getting to the point where you're getting paid well, yes. right? So yeah. <laughs> to think about leaving at that point seems <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So I got a question. Um, and I always phrase like the tough, like I'm going to open up personally questions with like, you don't have to answer this, but I'm hoping right. you will. <laughs> yeah. Knowing everything that you went through, that your team went through, like the entire experience from day one to day done for your game framed, mm. knowing what it was going to cost you, what it was going to tax you, what you were going to go through emotionally and have to deal with the ups, the downs. 
if you could do it all over again, like if you had to, right, if you're going to make frame two and you knew it was going to be exactly the same, but you would get to the same point at the end, would you do it again? Um, yeah, I, I guess like if I could go back in time and, and like like future me is like rug, like old and rugged and like <laughs> it's like what about like the warning the warning um uh that, that that's that's difficult because like um the, the best i could the best way i can describe frame is like it was the best of times and the worst of times mm. um uh and and like like now like i'm i'm doing really really well like like a lot better than i ever have been i think and I, th- I think going through um, all of that, you know, and and being fortunate enough to have like support to come out the other side um, has has definitely like been some hard lessons learned that you know I won't forget. Um, but I think, uh, like short term wise, like I'd probably be like, uh, it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, like really um like or like everything it costs and taxes you i would probably feel the same like if i just stayed at ea and been unhappy like like if the choice was to remain somewhere and be unhappy or go out on my own lose a lot learn a lot um i I, you know in that sense i probably would do it again but give myself a bit of advice (laughs) beforehand (laughs) yeah if you can think of one key piece of advice you would give to yourself on day one, what do you think it would be? Uh, I think it would be no matter what you do. And I mean, I think this is true of most things in life, no matter what you decide. Yeah. No, 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 no matter what you do, there's always a cost. Hmm. Um, and that cost can be time. It can be like money um, or it can be like relationships. Um, you know, like, like there's always a cost for what you do um and knowing and and it's just a matter of choosing what you want to lose mm. so like whether it's time or money or like whether you know um and, and I, th- I think thinking about it that way of like deciding what to lose makes you put things into perspective and um forces you to kind of take a healthy marathon like approach instead of like jumping into the abyss without a parachute, hoping everything will work out before you hit the bottom sort of thing. Yeah. Jesus. And what about you <laughs> as the entrepreneur? Do you have a key piece of entrepreneurial advice that you would bestow upon day one self? Um, I think, Oh, that's, that's tricky. Um, you mean like, like something, like something I've learned that I couldn't From- have known. From the business end, so maybe not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. development itself, but like, you know, write the grant. Who knows if you'll get the money or not? It's worth it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 is very much um, what we did, um, or, or what I did. It was just like mm-hmm. apply for every sort of grant that we mm-hmm. could. Um, so yeah, I I, th- I think in that case, it, it is very much um, like apply for everything. Take like seize every opportunity. Obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, like, like our initial pitch, um, to put this in perspective, um, in front of like government, uh, you know, funding 
publishers that see like <laughs> scripts and stuff for movies and everything. I, I went to the office and all I had was um, like for the initial pitch, it was just framed, cut, uh, th- like drawn on a piece of paper like the panels and they were cut out and there was stick man drawn on them oh, and man. it just made a simple <laughs> level and i was like all right so this is the game so like like I, ha- I had the kind of like lofty pitch and then like the hands-on this is how it works yeah um and made them like move the panels around and like describe what happens in it um and um, it thankfully worked out but you gave them an interactive experience even in your pitch yeah, I, I guess I guess it was, even though it was pen and paper and incredibly it, low it budget. Cut out on on the desk, <laughs> moving the frame around. But that's yeah, actually, yeah. but it's pretty cool though because it, yeah. it involved them. You know? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. I think idea. I think yeah, I, I think to put that more tangibly, it's like know know your limitations, like know what you're good at, and like know your limitations and use your limitations to your advantage. Um, because yeah, like like being uh like i think i was like 25 at the time so like still young obviously like like being a young uh guy with just this idea and knowing that like can be infectious and like trying to bring people in can can work um but yeah man i like that i'm gonna i'm gonna take that little bit of advice like these are my stick <laughs> figures and then you <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just me, like, if, he, if, if he did it with like pen and paper yeah it's kind of i'm not anyone anyone can do it yeah there's probably some people here who have pitched for financing who like spent nights and weeks like preparing all this stuff and didn't get the funding and here you go with your stick figure drawings and like (laughs) some scotch tape and you you came out with money a lot of it is good timing a lot of it's you know the quality the quality of the pitch I mean, you had a lot of things lined up that helped, and I mean, your passion probably came through too. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're you're definitely right there. What I want to know is how do a bunch of people with financing that they know needs to be tracked, and it's government financing, so there's going to be a paper trail. And mm-hmm. this is—I don't mean this disrespectfully. I'm just trying to build this in my mind. <laughs> yeah, all right? yeah. Like a guy walks in with like a stick figure presentation and says, "I'm going to be making a video game, like a fully electronic video game," and this yeah. is the best I can do to like show how that's going to work. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of room for their imagination. <laughs> I think I, I think I pitched it as um, so we're st- we're still working on the prototype or yeah, or. Yeah. I can't remember how exactly I said it, but I think it was something along the lines of like, um, like I, w- I want you to be able to imagine the feeling. So I've brought this along as opposed to like, gotcha. you know, like, like, like trying to play into it. Um, oh, but, but, but then again, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it worked because, uh, they see that every day, mm-hmm. not, sorry, not, not, not what I did, but you know, they, yeah. they see interactive experiences every day and, yeah maybe it made it more memorable or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually yeah. I, I will credit you this, right? Like if we're talking about people who don't play video games a lot, imagine if you mm-hmm. did walk in with a playable demo and you're like, okay, so you got a WASD to move around and they're like, WASD, wait, wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah. I mean? And so you're already off on the wrong foot. So you might've had like the perfect approach. That's yeah. Like accidentally perfect. Yeah. The more, you know, man, this is, awesome. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, obviously, Frame did well commercially and critically, like you said before. And during development, you entered a lot of um, 
you know, pack arcades, all these little demo shows and yep. was earning a lot of more rewards, more critical acclaim, more uh, coverage basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, as an indie developer, I would imagine something like that would be exciting, would be validating, would be nice. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I read your article that I realized, yeah, it could totally be, a, you know, two, two, what do you call it? Two-edged sword? Yeah, yeah, double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. Um, can you kind of go into that a bit more, like as in how exactly it started to make you think of a, a different way and kind of move you away from just making the game for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... So, so a lot of it was expectation, not just from others, but also from myself from that point onwards. So I think, I think like the first couple of awards were like really exciting and really validating and, um, you know, like we were all really proud of what we were doing. Um, and like I was submitting these awards because, um, like, like, like there, there were two reasons. One was because, uh, like it feels good and I wanted it. Yeah. Um, and the other was because like, it's good marketing for your game as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so like, I'd always use that as like rational rationale as well. Um, so yeah, after the first few, it started, like I, I noticed as well, like even attending a couple of events, um, a couple, like a couple times some people were like, Oh, frames here, it's going to win sort of thing. Oh, and so like, like, like there was very much like an expectation that like you had to be either nominated or win or win. Um, so like you're submitting to everything because like you need it to get your game known and everything. But if you win, you don't feel good. Like you just are like, okay, like, that that was expected mm-hmm. and if you don't you feel like really bad mm-hmm. um so it's, it's a bit like like being a, like it's, it's entirely the same it's like addiction right mm-hmm. so like i think personally i'd become addicted to this validation um this external validation as opposed to having like that confidence and faith and in, in your gut that a creator has um so like like i'd lost sight of that of, of like my value, so, so to speak. And like, I had become obsessed with like these goals that I had set. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I very much became addicted and obsessed with it. And I think like it had a very negative effect on, you know, my, my mental health and the way I would then make decisions because it was like, whether I was aware of it or not, it was like driving a lot of, rationale behind decisions um um you know and and then from there like you start um unraveling other parts of your life and also like from a creative perspective like the reason you're doing it starts changing maybe um which changes like the kind of heart and soul of the project a bit like like it that didn't really have happened but like you know like if, if you were to extrapolate that out um you know, you'd end up with, you know, it's the, it's the same thing as why like a lot of sophomore albums, for example, aren't super good because the first one, they were just making what they wanted mm-hmm. and it did well. And the second one, there were all these expectations and 
they knew what the people liked, what they liked. So they delivered what they liked, not what they had to say or felt passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think creatively it also kind of hit there as well. And um, knowing that and trying to reconcile that and like wrestling with that kind of in every aspect of your life from like creative work to like business work and like making sure you got enough money to deliver what everyone's expecting and then like investing so much in that that like all the other parts of your life sort of fall by the wayside and get neglected um and i think that's kind of the thing of like knowing like everything costs something mm-hmm. um you know and there's like ways you could have done that way healthier but um you know i don't think we had the experience mm-hmm. or the mentorship to like be aware of that at the time do you feel like there were people on your team who were also taking on as much or similar amounts of the emotional burden going through the development um i think i think at the time i definitely felt like it was just me um like i i i do know like since since the talk i gave like i know the other people on the team were like shit didn't realize how much you were doing and how much you were struggling um and stuff mm-hmm. but I, I think i think that as well like ultimately is is also like my fault and my responsibility like like it's it's that wanting to be the front man thing as well right like wanting that attention wanting that acclaim and like taking on so much mm-hmm. like trying to own too much and and not just like letting go uh and sharing the burden um i, I think that that also weighs into it too so like i don't uh like blame any of my team at all um like they like they've always been there and supportive so like I, like i think it's entirely my fault for um kind of becoming addicted and corrupted by these ideas and then just you know like not sharing the load yeah yeah I'm gonna blame it on Kojima. It <laughs> <laughs> started with him. well, it was, it was interesting because because the good the good thing about uh, Kojima actually was it it kind of like knocked me out of it a bit mm. because it reminded me like why like above everything else it reminded me why I wanted to make games like it reminded me to being a kid again and like yeah. what it was, um, so that that was what actually like like I was, I was sort of coming out of it because we'd finished the project mm-hmm. but that was what really um made me kind of feel like maybe it was worth it yeah but but like i like that, that sounds bad because like like it shouldn't like it shouldn't have been worth it really um and like got incredibly lucky to have that sort of validation and it is still validation as well which is the same thing i'm like criticizing and saying kind of ruined everything but but i, I think the, the point i'm trying to make is like it technically and i think on surface level it is it is validation but more importantly it was a reminder of like my values and like the that passion that that is in there um and yeah i think like you know that's why this time around you know we, we, we're doing we've been doing frame two for a while just kind of quietly plodding along and um we're not we're, we're not really well i'm not particularly pushing us to go down that route at all mm-hmm. of, um yeah yeah just taking a much more healthy measured approach to it 
Yeah, let some of those other games win awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what's important is that, uh, like, even though you went the the hard route, right? You, you, I, there's no doubt in my mind that you could achieve the same results going about the a healthier way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think I think that was um, because because I was so obsessed with it. Like, I couldn't see that. Right? Like, my my thought processes are not healthy anymore and they're not uh thinking of the big picture so yeah that it's like once you start falling in like Mm -hmm. i I think either having the knowledge that it can happen or having someone there to kind of pull you out is is really important and like on big teams like triple a right like you're constantly around people Mm -hmm. um and and so you're kind of able i think to kind of pull out a little more but um yeah, with like independent developers that are like small scale and, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of uh, just run with your own goals and decisions and not let anyone stop you. Yeah, plus it's scary uh, going out there. Like you feel like every decision can make or break your ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's heavier. Every <laughs> risk. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask: with dealing with depression or dealing with so much pressure and tension to achieve, you know, did you ever notice yourself building up any resentment towards people even on your team who, at a moment in time, may not have had or pushed like you were pushing or worked like you were working? You know, was that ever yeah. a thing? Yeah, 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 definitely was. I think I think I might have even touched on it really briefly in the talk. Um, so, yeah, I I definitely did feel that way. Um, but I think as well, like I I just want to make it clear that that I think was due to bad thought processes and um, wasn't wasn't at all their fault. Was entirely my own doing um, that I felt that way. Um, but yeah, that, that there was like a lot of feeling of resentment of like being like, I'm doing all the stuff. Why isn't anyone else um, sort of thing? And, and they wouldn't understand. And, you know, that kind of like us versus them mentality within your own team. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm, I'm more of a, I'm not like super confrontational. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like harbor on it until like something like snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also really bad as well when you think about it, because yeah, <laughs> it builds up. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, no, we 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 all work well as a team, and um, you know, we, we've we've chatted about stuff like that now. Joshua is showing up in meetings with like gar eyes, <laughs> black, <laughs> black bags around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, where yeah. you guys been? I've been staying up all night. Oh, yeah. It must be nice to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I said that to someone um, once at EA. Oh, man. I think, I think it was during crunch and something. Someone went home yeah. and, like, you know how it's that unspoken thing of, like, no, uh, what do you want for dinner? Mm. Um, and it's like, oh, God, I'm going to be here all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the then, answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I think I think one of the other team members went home, uh, like snuck out, went home and came back. It was like, how 
like it was like full of energy and stuff. And I was at one point, I was just like, yeah, it must be really nice to go home and do your own bed and sleep or something <laughs> like, like totally inappropriate, <laughs> but it was just like, so burnt out. It's like, yeah, damn Gara, like, chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a sad, true, funny story, right? Like we have to acknowledge yeah. all the parts of it. It's sad, it's true. And it's funny. Yeah. It's just one of those things that you do sir you hit a certain age or a certain time in your career where you're like the producers come comes at you with that question it's like what do you want for dinner and you look at him it's like neo moment no it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like no <laughs> i'm not doing this and they really can't do anything about it right there's no yeah exactly yeah it's like i'm going home it's 8 p.m bro i'm, I'm going home <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, eight PM. Um, I think <laughs> I think. Still, yeah. I, I get the feeling like a lot of it, like they immediately. I, I have a theory that like the way they go about it is they immediately get like the juniors on first. Yeah, and then they, they they build up the snowball of the number of people that are staying, and then come to the ones that have the confidence to be like, no, I'm not staying. Be like, well, everyone else is staying. Yeah, so like, oh part. God. <laughs> so you're good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, dude, i just made a decision at this point in my career is like no if i have to stay that's your fault right like, yeah you didn't plan yeah, it correctly yeah. yeah you decided we had to ship before christmas yeah. not me that's your fault good luck <laughs> i hope you've been taking like art classes at night mr producer <laughs> yeah well, I got a, a, a light story to kind of pat the backs of the producers who listen to this podcast because I'm sure <laughs> yeah. there's by now there's one or two. Larry backs. always comes in. <laughs> we, I'm sure we scared most of them away, and there's like one or two producers that actually can take the punishment. <laughs> so I used to order food for the team because I started in production. And yeah. man, there was no worse thing you could do as a producer than not order enough food for the team of people who was staying late. Oh, oh man. My goodness, let me tell you, I like the looks <laughs> and they would like passive aggressively try to ration out like, wow, I guess we're going to have to share all these pieces of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, you can oh, hear. <laughs> uh, so anybody who I shorted an order somehow, some way, if I didn't do the math or you didn't say you were staying and you fucking showed up anyway. Yeah, that's... you know, I- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll yeah, just, I'll just leave the <laughs> that 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 one always I forgot about that. I forgot that people are like, no, I'm not staying and, and then totally they stay. do stay. But yeah. but the thing is they stay and they take the food and they go. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yep. It's 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 a double F you to the people yeah. staying deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work. People staying are like <laughs> no, I know. It's just like they eat for an hour or two, right? And they web browse till nine, and then maybe they work another forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I know, and you're like you, you've cost it cost the company so much as well. It's just, out of it's hate. Just, no one's yeah. gonna like willingly yeah. want to work after being told as adults to stay <laughs> and fix their problem. Yeah. It's hard yeah. being a grown adult and having another grown, like an adult, just like tell you what to do on the yeah. spot. Like, pick this shit up. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Like tell that. Me what to do. Uh, excuse my language. I've been cussing yeah. a lot. <laughs> I have some repressed yeah, memories. Some repressed memories. <laughs> well, like turning it back around, it's like the opposite's true, right? When this is your project from the get go, your team, mm. your small team, 
you want to put like every minute unhealthily. You want to like drain yourself to the point where you can't continue on our because that, you know, everything's riding on it. You want to make sure at, at, at the very most, at the very least, not to fail. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a, you know, you've been wanting this your whole career. You're finally getting the opportunity. You're doing it, right? And and you're you're at the halfway point. You're getting all these awards. You're getting these, all of these critical acclaim. You're getting people rooting for you, right? You, it becomes more than just yourself. You're like, have this whole support that you don't want to let down. It's so much pressure when yeah. you're just a small team. Like I can't even imagine. So when I I find I re, I read your article like in a very small way, I can totally relate because I'm not there yet at all. But yeah, you know, at the very beginning of the podcast, you were mentioning like living the dream, right? And I I really think when you're an indie developer, all you're doing is just dreaming of getting there. <laughs> and That's uh, a good, yeah, a lot That's of the things yeah. life your wife, <laughs> girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, kind of get pushed back because you, there, there's a weird balance. Or you, you, you have to be selfish in some way to achieve this, mm-hmm. giving it all you've got. Uh, at the same time, everything else is kind of on pause. Like when, yeah. when did you realized that, that, that moment, was it during development when you realized that or after in retrospect where you're like, all right, um, I need to make some adjustments? I think I'm trying to think what it was. I think I started feeling quite down about everything sort of around six-ish, six to nine months before release. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have the insight to work out what it was. Um, and then towards the end, like I was just so focused, like so intensely focused on um, like making it as good as it could be um, that, yeah, you know, you're just like crunching all the time and it's like self self-imposed crunch, um, you know, cause like you say, you're trying to make it the best thing it can possibly be within the finite time that you have. Um, but yeah, I, I think in retrospect, like it was, uh, you know, remembering, I'm trying to think what exactly it was. Um, it's, yeah, it was just remembering that, uh, just like little lessons I'd learned earlier in my career. Like, like once I had time to decompress, you know, like, um, like the, the thing that my friend living EA had said and, um, you know, uh, I think Kojima thing happened as well. And it reminded me of like why I wanted to make stuff. And, um, and then just also like, like getting in contact with people that I, you know, shunned for so long. And, um, and, and, and all of that, like the kind of, kind of going back to why, like, you know, answering the why, like, why are we, why am I doing this? Um, you know, why did I, uh, sacrifice so much. Um, and I think, I think like intensely looking inward to that answer kind of made me re remember that like, this isn't something to kill yourself over. Like it's not, it's, it's as, as great as it is. It's not, 
worth that much. And like, like I, like, I think personally I do things a lot because like, I want to leave something behind when I'm gone, you know, when I'm dead and gone, like mm. I want some sort of, and I, I think we all want that, um, you know, some sort of legacy, some sort of like mark that we were here. Um, but, but also just kind of while, while, while that is like a nice, nice, while, while that is, I guess, an admirable goal to have, um, if it comes at the cost of like, everyone else around you, it's probably not mm. that much of a legacy, is it? Mm. So, yeah, I, th- I think it was sort of reflecting on like, um, stuff like that. And, you know, the ends not justifying the means and everything that kind of, um, helped. And also like therapy, like, um, I think shortly after I started, after shipping it, I started going to therapy and like talking through it with someone, um, that that helped a lot like like a, a lot a lot i think without that i'd still probably be struggling to reconcile a lot of stuff around that Jesus, yeah therapy is good man there's a lot of people yeah. though let me ask you this when did you decide to take that first step did somebody ask or request of you or did you just come to it and say i gotta do this myself i gotta go someone someone said that i should go yeah. Was it a fight? Um, did you resist? Or, <laughs> if you don't mind, uh, I know it's personal. No, I'm, but... I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. I think I don't think I did resist that much. Like I think I knew. Like mm. like I was like yeah I need to like unload all the stuff, um, and I did. Um, I did. I think the thing I did push back on for a little bit was um, uh, like medication for depression, mm. um, because like like the concept in my mind was like, Oh, it's going to change who I am and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it didn't obviously. And, um, I, I, I don't, I don't think I, I have, you know, the kind of depression that is, uh, you know, like, like the, like the long-term kind that a lot of people that actually have depression have, like, I think it was, um, you know, almost like a, uh, postnatal style depression where like you'd, finish something super big and like you were just like destroyed inside um so you know like i was able to wean myself back off it as i felt like you know slowly um but yeah i mean that 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 was only just out of like convenience because i was on such low dose anyway mm-hmm. yeah but um but yeah i think yeah therapy and like actually medically looking into like why you may be feeling that way. It's super important too. And, you know, exercise is always big too. Um, just like having a balanced life really is, is, is a large part of that. Man, I hear that. I, I gotta say, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, uh, I'm happier for you now, you know, I'm glad that you got through it and glad that you took the positive steps to change and develop a fulfilling life you know uh as your friend from ea said and i'm happy to hear that you know the darkness didn't overcome thank you yeah yeah. it was yeah it's 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 definitely a lot better now on a lighter side though uh (laughs) (laughs) me and my coworkers, um so back at i guess i don't care anymore at 2k (laughs) it got really bad right with you know uh just uh just triple a 
type of yeah. ad, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. management, all that stuff where we would be like internally kind of less talking to each other about, you know, getting out of this. And we always yeah. reference uh, the last scene with the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Like as a meme, I would send it out like after a meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just crawling through the sewers of crap and then coming out the free man. <laughs> so when even I'm... though, even though you have some sewage <laughs> dripping off of you. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, yeah. we can all say you're 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 a better off man with it. I think um in in equally funny meme style things, um when I when I left and, and, and just just for the record, like everyone who still works at EA, I love them and they're they're all great. Mm-hmm. Um when when I left EA I, I made you, you know the movie Escape from LA? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just photoshopped that with my face and made it escape. Send it to all the producers. And... Yeah, I'm just like, send it around. I'm like, I'm out. See ya. Let me just send this to a pound company email list. <laughs> I, think, I think it was one of those things where like everyone knew I was ready to go and like... Yeah. It was just, it was like lighthearted. So like I was able to get to like kind of pass it off that way and, and hide, hide the anger and resentment boiling inside. Uh, if any of them listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have to say this, Josh, you have successfully podcast with us for an hour. Not many people make it this far, but you did. Oh, so yes, yes, uh, it's impressive. And uh, as a reward for being so kind to give us these knowledge bombs and to hang out with us for this evening, Brandon and I are going to be quiet and we're going to allow you to talk directly to our audience to promote, to you know, talk about, to motivate, whatever it is that you want to do or draw attention and raise awareness for. The floor is now yours. Cool. Um, all right. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably say... Um, if if there was things to take away, it would be uh, to remember that that everything you do does kind of come at some cost. Um, like nothing's for free, uh, and if you are like experiencing, um, you know, that kind of addictive cycle, or just any other sort of mental uh, illnesses, or or you know, negative thought patterns, would definitely be to seek help with a therapist. Um, uh, one of the I'm, I'm actually part of a little charity now called um checkpoint so checkpoint org so if you uh go to twitter i think it's at checkpoint org um or you can also go www.checkpoint.org.au let me just double check that actually because if that's wrong that'll be really bad <laughs> um yes that's right um then you know there's a lot of resources there for um things that can help with mental illness and mental health um you know games that you can play and stuff like that and um also just uh anecdotal stories from other developers and other gamers um yeah i think that's about it um the other one i'll obviously plug is a sequel to frames coming out um this year uh so keep an eye on out for that uh you can follow us on twitter at love shackers and i think that's about it wonderful man thank you so much for hanging out with us and podcasting and i really appreciate all the advice when it comes to depression when it comes to overwhelming work situations and i just appreciate you spending time with us man Uh, i'm not even going to be funny now this is a very good discussion so thank you i appreciate it 
Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, it's good to chat with people about stuff like that because a lot of time people either ignore it or because it's too heavy or, um, you know, they don't want to think about it at that point in time. So yeah, it's good to chat about. And wait, it's really quiet. So I should probably say something and it should probably go like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I'm Larry Charles. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week. See you guys next week. Later. Cool. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained. So if you made it this far, then it probably means that you like what we do. So we're asking you to please take a moment to review us on iTunes. This way, future listeners can also find us and enjoy our weekly podcast. Thanks in advance and have a wonderful Christmas holiday.